to the Bridge Podcast, Season 4, Episode 7. We have a, a special guest today that I'm excited to announce, fellow Ed's grad, a couple years before me, but and I didn't, it's it's Abe, right? That's shorthand, Yeah, right? Abe, um, I actually go by Ibrahim now. I like, oh, I like uh, yeah. Okay, so like my full name. Ibrahim Mohammed, right? Mohamed, Mohamed, yeah. Mohamed. Dude, now we just started the podcast off on a rough end. Um, <laughs> no, glad to get it right. Glad to get it right. Um, excited to have you on. And you just want to start by introducing yourself. I know you're doing a lot of cool things with like courtside media and all that. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you do and uh, all that? And we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. So um, no, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, this, is, this is dope because it's great to see what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, like, you know, you mentioned I graduated from Ed's 2015. After that, went to Ohio State, studied sociology um, and graduated in 2020. And through my time at Ohio State, um, I was able to build relationships with, you know, many of the older alumni. Um, I focused on them more so than students. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, I built relationships with Eddie George and I got to work with him. I built relationships with Michael Red, um, built relationships with, um, you know, many of the alumni base that came out of Ohio State um, and, you know, really got to get got to learn a lot from them about life and, and um, you know, different factors of life, whether it be like a Michael Red was was huge in, in spirituality and um, the form of betting on yourself and how much, mm. you know, you got to be grounded and in, in spiritual through that journey um, in order to finagle through because life is difficult. Um, you know, Eddie George was more so mindset whether it was like, um, you know, whatever task is at hand, like how to handle that task um, in a well and efficient manner. Um, and, and, and he was more about, you know, getting things done. He was a great teacher. Um, so, you know, just being around those people and I could, you know, the list goes on, but, um, that was, that was my time at Ohio state. Um, during that time, I also got an internship with the NFL, Mm -hmm. um, consulting for the executive vice president of operations, Troy Vincent. And I kept that for three years and leveraged that to build relationships within the Columbus entrepreneur community. Um, and then, you know, recently or two years ago when I was in college, I launched Courtside Media, which is my digital media uh, management company uh, for successful athletes, uh, entertainers, businessmen and women. And basically what we do is we sign on clients. We create a show with them, a show idea that they're passionate about. And we um, launch it with the hopes of um, with the ultimate goal of getting either a brand to sponsor the content or. Mm-hmm. Uh, a network to pick up and purchase the show dude that that's awesome yeah so that's that's what i'm doing now we service like eight clients i believe um and we're onboarding more um and you know my my uh so i have those everyone has shows and then you know one of my clients is a social media comedian ross smith um, who has, it was a social media, he has 60, oh, he has over 61 million followers across all oh, platforms. Geez. Um, so with him, um, you know, I, ha- I, I handle all of his day-to-day production management. So like he comes to me with an idea and my job is to, um, make sure that it gets executed and, and handle all like logistics of, um, up to the point of him getting on site 
to the production and mm -hmm. uh and shooting it and 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 all that stuff so uh that's what i'm currently doing on a day-to-day -day. and then and the, so we have you know him and then um the other seven clients we they all have show ideas that mm. uh we're, we're either launching or we have launched currently so what does your creative process look like if someone comes to you for an idea what's like your initial first steps how do you map things out and things like that yeah so we um we work with them to find out you know what are they passionate about um mm. it's got to be a passion project so um um so, and, and really we look at what their interests and passions are because passion to us is more so like you're going to go through anything to mm. make it happen, you know? Um, so we, we work with them to find out what their interests are uh, based on their interest. We'll then pick two or three and pitch them on general ideas of shows. Like, you know, how, what do you think about this? What do you think about that for this topic? So on and so forth, whichever topic that they pick, we then um, full-fledged on um, work with them to create a full-fledged show um, mm -hmm. that is either like, you know, whatever realm, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever the case may be. Um, and then we will, uh, if the show requires guests, we'll get guests for the show. And then um, our main thing now is uh, to work with people that have YouTube channels mm -hmm. so we can launch it on their YouTube, monetize um, the content and uh gain traction because then once you do that um either sponsors are going to come or or networks who want to look and, and pick up the show so mm -hmm. that's our main thing right now is we self-fund the shows and um you know we generate income on the back end through adsense on youtube mm -hmm. um and then you know we shoot a season see how well it does and then from there, we'll either go get sponsors for season two or pitch it to networks and see if there's anything there in the marketplace. Do you work, do you work with a team then or? Yeah. So I actually, my, my, uh, a partner that I just brought on this past year was Frank guy who went to Ed's as well. Mm. Um, so we, it's me and Frank and then we contract everything. So we have contract designers, contract, uh, videographers, contract editors, all that stuff. So, um, you know, we're, we streamline the whole process. Uh, we don't have people on, you know, we don't want employees that are, mm -hmm. um, filmers and stuff because that's not the route we we're going to go in, in the future. Right. How did you even like, you know, you hear a lot of people going to college and even myself, like studying something and then you have this, this passion project or whatever, how did you like get started in this or even have the idea of starting this, this media company to go through? And like, did you ever comprehend that? Like, yo, I'm going to be working with Eddie George or like, I saw your Instagram the other day, you were working with Tim Tebow. Did you ever like imagine that beforehand or how did you like think of it? No, um, never, never did. Uh, obviously everything that comes is like unexpected and that's kind of the, the beauty of it. Um, but for me, um, it was always something I've been passionate about as a kid. I think I was trying throughout my years of college, I was trying entrepreneurship. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just mm -hmm. loved the whole game behind it. Um, so, you know, I tried a couple of things, uh, didn't do too well, but they were valuable learning lessons that I took with me, whether it be like launching a uh, agency that built websites or like, um, you know, different ventures that, you know, uh, 
had potential, but I wasn't really passionate about, but they taught me different lessons. Mm. Um, and then I always knew as a kid, uh, you know, my passions were a couple things, sports, entertainment, and content, like making content. Mm. Um, so, you know, uh, once I like found myself in college, I would say, um, I knew like, this is the lane I wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I was just really, this idea came from talking to people. I was hanging out in Cleveland actually, uh, with a guy named, um, uh, Adam Taylor, who at the time was, uh, this was 2017, late November, 2017. At the time he was, uh, Iman Shumpert's, uh, trainer. Gotcha. So we were hanging out with him and, you know, we were just chopping it up. Um, and then, uh, we got to talking about media and we're like, yo, what's missing in the media game and all that. And then I was like, yo, would it, wouldn't it be just cool? Like every, every famous person is like a walking billboard. Like people want to follow them. They want to learn about them, all that. Like if you just had a camera on them and followed them, you would just learn the game. Like you, that'd be stuff you'd want to watch. So, um, you know, tried to come up with a unique business around it. Um, and then, you know, from there launched uh, and, um, you know, worked with, that's when I got my first try with Eddie George. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, I worked with him first. And then um, it was just a tripling effect from, you know, Eddie Eddie George leveraging that to meet new people, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, ultimately this is why I'm where I'm here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's that's basically uh, in a nutshell, what I would say. Uh, I think it's interesting how you brought uh, that up with, you know, famous celebrities, sports stars, whatever. They have their own like passion project as well, aside from like their sports identity. Because mm-hmm. I remember hearing Kobe, Kobe, before he passed away, he was getting into children's books and mm-hmm. things like that. So I think it's cool that you're uh, providing a platform for these these people to you know, create something new and interesting. And everyone wants to get in the minds of, you know, an Eddie George or a famous athlete and things like that. So how did you like, how did you get your foot in the door with some of these people? You know, my, my thing is for the podcast, the cold DM, you know, try to get Mm -hmm. interesting to the point within like the first two sentences. And then uh, let me know if you're interested type deal. How did you get your foot in the door? No, for sure. I love, that's a great strategy. It's always great to be um, straight up and forward and to the point. Um, so, you know, with uh, really, it started with Troy. Troy was the key person, uh, Troy Vincent of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Eddie George taught a class at Ohio State during my time, but he doesn't teach it anymore. So, you know, it's not like that was just like ironic in its own way. Um, but he taught a class that uh, had to deal with the life of an athlete. So it taught mm. you like the role of financial advisor, the role of an agent, the role of like your friend's family, like what to look out for, all that stuff. So, you know, it had nothing to do with my major, but I took it um, just because like, I was like, yo, like the, re- like the relationship you could build with an Eddie George is more valuable than anything mm-hmm. else, you know? So the re- it's, it's the return on relationships. The yeah, ROR. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, took that class and then Troy was in that basically each week would be a prominent speaker that would come in. So like mm. you got like Maverick Carter, who's LeBron's uh oh yeah, this man and right hand man. You got um 
Bo Jackson. Um, um, it was it was like ridiculous the guest list each each mm-hmm. each Monday. So Troy came in one day, um, one of the Mondays, and he left early. But in it, he said two things. He basically said that um, you know the NFL is struggling with Gen Z and obtaining uh, you know getting across to them. And then the second thing he said was like um, I'm leaving early. I'm headed back to my hotel. So. Uh, basically, after class, I just started calling up hotels, seeing where he was staying at, found out where he was staying, and then I wrote him a letter uh, telling him who I am, how I could help, and my contact info. Um, and I just thought, like, shoot your shot. You got nothing to lose. So took it to the hotel uh, lobby to the receptionist. He uh, put it under his door, and then the next day um, I was at an internship downtown Columbus, Um and uh, at like 6 p.m., I got a call from him, um, got a couple, uh, um, you know, t- uh, test jobs with them, with mm-hmm. him. And uh, once I did well on those, he gave me a, um, a contract. So I got a that's when I landed my internship and then leveraged that to build relationships. So you like leverage that to like now Eddie George is in the loop because now mm-hmm. every, every Monday I see Eddie. So now Eddie's in the loop like. Um, different people within Ohio State were now like validating me to Eddie. So mm. the time came for, um, you know, Eddie and I to work together. And it was like perfect timing because he needed help with his wealth management firm. And um, as a trade off, I said, All right, if you, if I help you out with this, you help me out with um, uh, creating a story. Mm-hmm. um and 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 leveraging you to shoot content with you so he did that and then um that was that was it and then there's just a trickling effect but building relationships is my key thing like um very keen on it um and 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 building and and i'm just like a ultimately a lot of people say i'm a very personable person so mm-hmm. um it's just a skill i have and, and i've been gratefully taught with my parents like my dad's the ultimate like networker so just like watching him and all that um you know I've been great at you know my best skill is probably building relationships with people so been able to do that and uh you know leverage those relationships to build more relationships and so on and so forth right did you what what year were you when you uh wrote that letter to the guy at the hotel I was a sophomore so yeah, I was like 19, about to turn 20. Jeez, talk about shooting your shot, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you shoot your shot, you got to think from like a marketing perspective. It's like, you know, like if I'm driving and I see a unicorn, I'm going to look at it, you know. Mm-hmm. But like if I'm driving on the highway and I see cows on the on the road and like it's my route every day, I'm not looking at that. Mm. You know, it's like expected. So like you got to like – you got to think of even ads today. Like when we watch ads, like there's a millions of ads we see a day, but what's that one that's going to stick out to you. So you got to just look at like different ways to finagle your way. And it can't be repetitive, you know, mm. it can't be things that people see all the time. Like, cause then it's just like another thing. It's gotta be something that sticks out, stands out. Um, and, and, and then, you know, you'll get their attention. I'm curious now, what did, what did you write in the letter to, to stand out? Um, nothing. It, it wasn't, it, it was, I wrote, 
um, you know, who I was, how I can help, and my contact info. But it wasn't that I wrote the letter. It was like the way I went about it, you know? It's like I could have easily, like, tried to hit him up on Twitter or, like, Instagram or whatever the case may be. But it was just, like, um, the fact that it was, like, an unorthodox system. It looked like there was, like, a lot of effort put into it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So that I think that's what stood out. I, I love it's like because because like that will tell you a lot about that's like action oriented. So like if I'm now, I mean the way probably Troy thinks and stuff like that is like he looked at all that before he even looked at like what the letter was. Mm. You know, because like that, like being in his position, a leadership position, and being a leader, he looked at like okay, what are the characteristics of this person? You know, um, and that led me in the door. And then ultimately when you get in the door, it's like, all right, now you got your opportunity. You got to capitalize. So, you know, the test jobs were big for me. Um, and then once that was, and I did good on those, then I was able to land the internship. But, um, you know, it, it was more about the the act that of it instead of what was in the letter. Mm-hmm. What would... Uh... You talk about like betting on yourself. What would you be, what would be advice to a college student, you know, during their four years? Cause we have a lot of like college listeners, my age, freshman year mm-hmm. of college, and they just don't really know like what they want to do in their life, but mm-hmm. have like certain ideas all over the board. What would you be your advice or like mentorship towards them? What would you say? I would say first it's about like, you know, you got to know yourself, like who you are as a person, what are your principles? What are your values? All those things first are, are important to know. Um, and you might come up upon them through trial and error. So like all those ideas you have for me, you know, it was like getting into different businesses or like trying different things. And, and yeah, I failed, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you fail because you, you learn either way. Right. Right. Um, so for me, I actually learned myself through trying different things and failing. And I think through the process, like the main thing is always knowing who you are and yourself, um, and what you stand for, what are your values, all that stuff. Cause then you could know what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could, once you have that thing of what you like to do now, it's like a full fledged on bet to be like, come hell or high water. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make this thing work. Um, And in that realm, you know, it's just about, um, you know, the main thing I look at is like focus. You know, you cannot have five different businesses you're starting at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like it's already hard to do one, you know? Right. Like you got to just focus on one at a time and just have ultra focus because each thing is a trial and error system. So each business, each whatever, you are constantly experimenting and trying out different things and different control variables, all that stuff, and seeing what's working or what's not, what the outcomes are. So, you know, to be doing it to five different businesses at one time, you're spreading yourself too thin where you are not going to get instant results. 
And ultimately mm-hmm. your path is going to go from like what could be a year to cracking what the code is to like now seven years. Right. And at that point, you might just be like, yo, I'm like done with this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I would say, you know, know yourself, what you like to do. And you might know that through trial and error. And um, from there, once you know yourself, like pick what you like to do and have ultra focus in achieving that thing. Um, and, 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 and just know, like, especially as, as a young and I was like, I, I knew this. It's like, this is a long journey. Mm. Like, this is long. It's not going to come like in a day, you know? Like, um, you know, the day you plant a seed is not the day you reap the harvest. So, like, it's it's about day by day. Like, just look at, like, all right, today, how'd I do? Tomorrow, how'd I do? Was tomorrow, did we make progression compared to yesterday? And that's a win. But every day is important. You cannot look at, like, the day of an outcome. Because if you put, like, your happiness or, like, whatever on the outcome, you're just going to lead yourself to disappointment because like never put your happiness in expectations. Like Mm. it's just going to, you're just going to be disappointed through it all. So like just take it day by day, ultra focus on, on whatever it is you're looking to achieve and look at, did I get better? And ultimately this is all a major science experiment. Like Mm. what, what did I do? And, 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 and it's like, what did I do? What happened? And, um, what was the outcome, Mm -hmm. you know, and through it all, always know that you are not controlling the output. You just control what you, what the inputs are. Mm -hmm. So like your focus, your effort, your, um, your, your grit, whatever the case may be, whatever you're doing within something, those are the things you're controlling. You're not controlling if this happens Mm -hmm. because in this, like take a look at a football team. Like if a quarterback plays a great game, but the receivers aren't, you know, Mm -hmm. the defense, let's say the defense isn't playing well and they lose the game. Well, you're not in control of the defense. You only control of what your role is. So like Mm -hmm. in anything, always know that you just control inputs Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, always look at like, all right, these were the inputs I put in. And uh, this was the result. Now, how do you tweak the inputs to change it up? And then did it get, get you closer to the result you were looking for? And then you just keep doing that over and over and over again. And eventually, you know, um, if, you, if you are a reflective and you play it smart, um, you will get the result you're looking for. Yeah, that was... There's a lot to un- unpack right there. I feel like there's a, a lot of beauty in all those answers. I love how you talked about uh, attachment. I think a lot of us are attached to, you know, the outcomes of things and we really miss out on the journey and process. And that's mm. something that I'm learning through like the podcast, for example, I try to put out daily content, you know, mm. the daily consistent effort. And yeah, it's, it's difficult when I see like, oh, we didn't get as many views on the last one as we did on the next one. Mm-hmm. But it's that consistent action that's going to add up at the end of things. So I think that's that's really powerful. And have you ever heard about the the 1% better each day? How it like... Yeah. Yeah, so you become 1% better each day. And then that compounds over the year. You get... I can't remember the specific stat, but you get like increasing amount like better at whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. 
Mm-hmm. So I think there, there's like beauty in that. Um, what was one of your, your biggest failures and like the lesson you took away from it? I think my biggest failure was, um, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even call it failure, you know, but just that to pose the question. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it's a more of a personable thing. It has to do with me. It wasn't like, all right, I tried this and it failed. Mm-hmm. Um, because I took all those as lessons, but my biggest failure in me was not having, um, self-confidence at a younger age you know like i would say i just tapped into my confidence like two years ago um and my confidence is in like i'm able to full-fledged on bet on myself and anything like i know no matter what happens whatever the situation is i'm going to get to wherever i'm trying to get to you know and that's where that confidence comes from uh, but you know, at a young age, my biggest thing was I didn't have enough confidence in me. So like, I didn't try new things or if mm-hmm. things got hard, if I was trying things and things got hard, I would stop. I'd be like, yo, I'm done with this. Like, I didn't let these things break me and then rebuild myself again, um, to, to grow. Like I was just stuck in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I think my confidence was, was probably the biggest thing that I would say, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't say I wish I had to, cause I think like everything's planned, but like, um, you know, wish, uh, but it's more so like, I, I you know, I didn't have it at, at a, at a young time, you know, mm-hmm. like, but, but having that self-confidence in you is everything like, cause everything starts from within you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, you know, the way you take care of yourself, the way you, like take care of your room, the way you take care of your car, the way you take care of your house, like the way you take care of your relationships, all those things um, start with you from within, you know, and that's a direct result and correlation of everything else outside of your life. Mm. So you always got to look at like yourself, like, are you, you know, loving yourself? Are you taking care of yourself are you like working out are you how's your mental health how's all these things Mm. um you know if it's if it's are you like sacrificing too much of your time for the sake of others like are you not getting enough you time like all those things and how you treat yourself will ultimately dictate how you treat other things Mm. you know so i wish like i had more like self-love within me and confidence within me at a younger age. And that I think was my biggest failure, but I think I, I, I've like tapped into that, you know, like two years ago and, and seen what I've been able to do. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this, this ride since. Did you, did you have like a, a, a breaking point or like a click when your self-confidence came or did it just start coming as you were having these new experiences and things like that? Um, I think, yeah, it it definitely came at at a certain point. Um, I think uh, (laughs) it was actually a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a relationship in college uh, and it didn't, it went south um, like two years ago, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, uh, you know, I was like gradually like loving my, like learning to love myself, like taking care of myself better, like taking care of like my room, taking care of other things that were my belongings and, and, mm. and doing that. And I was solely developing that confidence. Um, 
and like just how like I walked into rooms and, and talked and different things. I was developing that confidence, developing, you know, my own principles. So like peer pressure was never a thing. Like if somebody asked me to do this and I don't feel well with it, I'm not doing it. Like all those mm-hmm. things became developed. Um, but it was really that relationship of like, um, you know, it didn't go well. And uh, me I ended up going with somebody else. But it was more like, um, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to go with me? Like I'm a dope person, mm-hmm. you know? Right. <laughs> but that relationship helped me develop that confidence. Mm, I love that. I love how uh, you're talking about you know, everything starts from within. I think a lot of people go for answers externally when mm-hmm. they don't realize, like, if you turn inward, how much more you can do and accomplish. And something like for the past year I've been taking on is like meditation and things like that. And I can see how it plays a role in my mm-hmm. schoolwork or even the podcast with like listening and being engaged with people. So I think yeah. that's super cool that that's something that you're incorporating as well in what you do. No, for sure. I think, uh, you know, every, every person I've ever met, um, and, and, and it really came from like watching and observing and being around these people of like, what are they doing that are leading them to like manifest any desire they're looking mm. for. And so like through being around them and, and seeing it, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like these people always like just take care of themselves first before they take care of anything else. Um, and, and that was big for me. Yeah. So you're talking about your, the people you surround yourself with. I know you have your, uh, your tribe from high school. We talked about this a little before. Uh, what is, so they say you are the, the sum of the five people you hang around this and that. How do you surround yourself with like-minded people, with creative people and things like that? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, I'm at a, everybody around me, I like something about them. Mm. You know, whether it be like somebody could be like their charisma, somebody could be like, um, you know, how they take care of like their family. Somebody could be like how they um, work, like their work ethic, all those things. I, I take bits and pieces of everyone. Um, and I'm a, I'm a major observer. So like I don't really um, I don't really talk much. I'm a very introverted person, but I observe everything. And I, I take notes on everything. So like um, a lot of times what people will say this is like, I study you and then I'm able to, after over time, I can mimic or do what you do better than you do. Mm. You know, I, I just pick up a lot um, at, at, a, at a fast rate and I'm able to just um, take those things and apply them to my life. Um, and uh, I, I surround myself with people that are smarter than me or better than me at different things because I love picking up that game and that knowledge. Um, and it's just constantly like I'm, in, I'm always in a continuous learning mode. Like I want to learn different things um, to ultimately become a better person. But if you look at like, you know, my immediate circle, uh, which is my Ed's guys, um, they're all doing what they do at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even from high school, they were doing at a high level. So like learning from them different mechanisms and different things of how they approach, um, how they approach their sport or how they approach whatever they're getting themselves into, like their focus within it. Like that was all huge to me. Um, and then, you know, outside of those guys, everybody else I'm around is older than me. 
Um, mm. So that's always key for me is like the average person I'm hanging around with is like 28, 30, anywhere around those realms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my best friends in Columbus, he's 32 now and I'm, I'm 23. So, um, you know, just picking up like game from all those people is very important to me. Um, just that wisdom, um, because I'm always in like continuous learn mode. I, I love all that, you know, being a constant learner and then also surrounding yourself with people that are older than you. It's like, why would you, uh, not hang out with the most wise people in the room, you know? Yeah. So I think there's a lot to say in that and being, the the least intelligent in the room is something that's big for me too and i actually learned that at eds i was in the international baccalaureate program and for most of my classes i was you know the the least intelligent in the room i'd say but that's Mm -hmm. where i learned and and grew the most so definitely see that as well so one of uh the questions we always ask is if you could text yourself five years in the past what would Mm -hmm. you say and why and then if you could text yourself five years into the future, what would you say and why? I would say in the past, um, I would say move, move smart, not hard. Um, something along those realms, um, you know, whether it be like from a patient standpoint, like if you have something and you're working on it, like move move very smart and calculated because like, let's say in the case of creating content, it's, it, there's a lot of pieces that need to be put together and it's a puzzle piece that needs to be like beautifully crafted in order for it to work. Mm-hmm. So like the art of like patience, the art of like, okay, um, if I'm working an eight hour day, um, if this is like an eight hour task or whatever the case may be, how can I make this a four hour task? How can I make mm. this a two hour task? What are the things in my control? Um, like, let's say in the case of, you know, if we have a show that requires guests and like that guest is late um, and we're creating something in the realm of like, all right, the guest is out and everybody would be waiting on that guest. What are the things that we can currently do while we wait for that guest to come on so that we can streamline the process? Um, and make things go quicker. So like always, you know, just, just moving a lot smarter, like, you know, um, people always look at like, Oh, you got to work like 20 hours. Don't sleep, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a fan of that. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of like, I know myself and my window of working. I'm an early riser. And I like, mm. like my brain is best from like nine to like one. I can really crunch in and get a lot done in that time frame. So I schedule all my calls during that time. I schedule, um, you know, my hardest assignments are done during that time, all that stuff. Cause then later in the day, I know I'm drained out and like at a certain time frame, I'm going to stop doing something and go do something else. Cause then my creativity will come from doing that something else. Mm. And then I'm going to go to bed. Like I'm not, I'm never someone that's like, work all these hours and, 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 and do something like, no, it's like, you know, you're going to eventually burn yourself out doing mm-hmm. that. And then eventually you're not going to be able to do much in, in those days. Like you need rest days. Right. You know, like, like look at athletics, like as much as an athlete trains, they have to spend twice as much time recovering mm-hmm. or else they will get hurt. 
So those same principles apply in anything. Like as much time as you spend working on your craft, you just spend as much time, if not more, recovering from it. Um, so you can run efficiently for a very long time. If you are just training real hard or whatever the case may be, you're working really long, eventually you will reach a capping point and you won't be able to do something for a couple of days. And then eventually you're just going to slow yourself down even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're really touching on this idea of retreat, you know, take one step back to take four steps forward rather than mm -hmm. hit your max breaking point and take 10 steps back. So yeah. I want to be uh, conscientious of your time. Is there any la last closing thoughts you want to leave with the listeners or your shout out to the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I got to do the, the five years in advance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to uh, say, I thought. Okay, five years in advance. This one's tough. We're doing some, it's manifesting, bro. Yeah, no, for sure. I would say, um, I would say uh, always. Hmm, damn, there's a lot you can do in this one. I think you can say always, always be better than the last day. Something along those lines. Um, you know, maybe even like. Um, I'm proud of you or something along those lines. Just, just cause, um, you know, I look at like what I'm doing currently and, and being in the media game. Um, this isn't done in Columbus, Ohio, you know, um, this is done in New York. This is done in LA. Those are the main places. Like you don't look at the Midwest and the Midwest is not known for media. It's known for mm -hmm. agriculture. It's known for in, insurance healthcare all those things it's what it's known for it's not known for media um so for me it's always been about like you know talking to these new york companies or these la media companies like how does this game work you know um and and and, and really I'm, I'm taking on the challenge of trying to build it in columbus ohio um instead of anywhere else just because i believe you don't need to be somewhere to build something you can build anywhere uh, but it might take you longer. Um, so, you know, I feel like we're at a point where our foundation has been built of like, what are we trying to do? The, how does the media game work? Where do we fit in within the media game? We're seeing traction now. Um, and now it's just like building more and more and more and, and keep getting better at what we're doing. Um, but I think for, for, uh, for me, it's been, you know, um, just that challenge of, of, you know, trying to be like, yeah, I can do this in Columbus, Ohio. And just, mm. you know, you know, five years, you know, um, inshallah, I'm at a point where I'm able to, uh, to say that I, I've been able to do it successfully and, and we're at a scalable point. I love that. So I guess now to the other question, any lasting shout outs to the world before we uh, close up? Um. I would say, uh, yeah, I, I would say, you know, just closing thoughts, um, you know, to the listeners um, and whatever you're doing, you know, if you have something, um, 
don't be afraid to fail. Um, go ahead and do it. You know, in, in, in anything, um, you have to look at like the universal or, or the laws of the universe of like a lion might hunt 10 times in 10 days straight, but it's only got to hit three of those days. Mm. You know, a baseball player only got to hit three out of 10. They got uh, to hit three out of 10 at bats to be a Hall of Famer. Like you're always going to have wins and losses and your losses might be more than your wins. But, um, you know, keep going at it. Keep learning. Your wins might turn out to be way greater than those losses. And in time, they usually are. Um, and, you know, keep keep betting on yourself and don't be afraid to to fail throughout the process. Like, don't worry about what people are saying. Don't worry about um, any of those things. Just keep striving and doing which, whatever it is you want to do. Um, that makes you happy because at the end of the day, you know, people come and go, but you got to sit with yourself. So don't, mm. don't live with like that, that regret of, of um, not being able to do what you wanted to do because of public perception. Awesome. I love, I love that, that last uh, shout out to the world. I just want to take this moment to show appreciation and, you know, honored to you for, for doing what you're doing. It's awesome to see people, just doing creative things and living out their dreams. And I know you're going to go far with this or whatever future endeavors you have. So I really appreciate you, you coming on and for all the knowledge that you've, you've dropped on all of us. And I'll definitely have to re-listen and take some more notes because there are some, some nuggets everywhere. So appreciate you and uh, all that you're doing, bro. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This was great. So keep, keep doing what you're doing and, and love the studio setup and everything like that. Just, um, you got something special here. So just keep, keep going with it. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. Season four, episode seven. It's a wrap.